This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, or as you know we love to call it, the show that helps you grow. I'm joined today in this special Doable episode, Pastor Andy Wood. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jason. Thanks so much for doing an impromptu move here <laughs> no, on this, this, is, this episode. <laughs> this is great. Always happy to get to spend time with you. So today we are, are following up on the message that Andy just presented this weekend. This, uh, I think it's going to be what, May 6th, 7th yep. weekend. Um, so, it, so if you have not listened to that message, make sure you do so now. We'll have the link to the watch page in the show notes, um, or you can find it on the church's YouTube channel uh, if you are listening to this a little bit later. But listen to that, and then we're going to jump right into this episode because towards the end of your message, you talk about how a big part of having this dream uh, is about having to name the dream, name the wall, as we're looking through Nehemiah's story today. Yes, And in that, you share that there are three uh, questions that are worth asking yourself to help you really name this dream, to name this thing in front of you. Yeah. So let's walk through those questions today. What is the first question that people should be asking themselves? Yeah, well, uh, just to kind of set up the context of the questions, uh, we've been journeying through in most of the messages in this series. So we're in the middle of a series called Created to Dream yeah. based on Pastor Rick Warren's new book. Which the link to that book will be in the show notes as well. And in the book, he breaks down the different phases of a dream. So the first concept is getting a dream from God for your life, for your ministry, for your family. You take that, take that dream to a place of decision. So we, we act on the dream. We move forward with it. Once we've decided, then there's a, usually a delay between that decision and the dream becoming reality. And then the fourth phase is the difficulty that surrounds the dream. And we probably should call it difficulties because it's plural. <laughs> yeah. And this is where a lot of people get derailed. When, when God gives them a dream, they move forward, they take steps. Sometimes one of the biggest reasons that we get off track or we get derailed is that we don't have clarity around what the dream is that God has given to us. Mm. I think one of the big uh, challenges that so many people face with dreaming is that we look at people maybe who are visionaries. We look at people who start businesses or churches or ministries and think, oh, well, there's certain people that dream, but not for me. And really this series has been about inspiring us to dream a personal dream, dream Mm. for our lives with God, dream for our marriages, dreams for our relationship with our kids, uh, dream for the kind of person that I want to become. Mm. So in the messages that I've delivered, now Stacy did a great message on the story of Joseph. Yeah. Um, but the messages I've delivered, I've been walking through the story of Nehemiah and Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah in a period of 52 days solves a 70 year problem. So the Israelites, they've been, uh, the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. The walls around the city are torn down. Uh, The Israelites have been taken from Israel or Jerusalem to Babylon. They've, they've been there in captivity, kind of a friendly captivity, but God is in the process of bringing the people of God back to Israel. Mm-hmm. And Nehemiah is the one that God gives a dream to or a vision to to rebuild the wall around Israel. Uh, one of the clarifying, very, very significant components of this whole story is Nehemiah had a very, very focused objective. Yeah. Like it was rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. There was like no ambiguity to it. It was like <laughs> There was a set space. Didn't have different phases to the pride. It was right. like, this is the, it's the wall. This is what this we're is doing. <laughs> and so the, the question that 
I wrote down out of that, like thinking application in my own life yeah. is what wall am I building? Like, do I know what the wall is that I'm actually supposed to be on? Yeah. So Nehemiah has these funny characters. I mean, they're funny for us, probably not funny for him. Uh, even funny in names, Sanballat and Tobiah, like yeah. just kind of goofy names. I'm sure normal names in their culture, but they sound, you know, even unique to us. And um, he, multiple times, they come to him, they come with criticisms about the work, but there's this like one final blow that he delivers to them in chapter six, where they come and they're like trying to get him to come to this place called the Plain of Ono, trying to get him off the wall. And he uses this phrase and it says that he said it four times over, same reply, I can't come down. I'm, the work I'm doing is too great. I'm on the wall. I'm building the wall. And so the, the image is staying on the wall with difficulty. Like God gives you a wall to build, stay on the wall. So when I'm asking myself this question, the more clear the wall is, the more I'm going to continue the dream. The more clear it is what God's asked me to do, the more likely I am to stay focused on what God's asked me to do. So just to be super practical, you know, the wall could be the kind of marriage that you want to have. Mm. The wall could be the kind of relationship that you want to have with your kids. Uh, the wall could be, you know, what kind of person do I want to become? Like even thinking about one of the questions I like to ask is what kind of 70 year old do I, do I want to be? Yeah. And knowing that I'm going to make decisions now based upon who I'm becoming. Um, what kind of, what, what kind of dreams has God given me in terms of the world, like seeing the world, going different places, traveling, experiencing God's creation. Uh, same would be true with ministry and impact and using the gifts that God has placed inside of me. Uh, this could also be true. Some, sometimes God will call you to do something vocationally. What kind of career has he called you to build? Jason, th this has been true for you with the Doable Discipleship Podcast. Yeah. Like you had an idea and it was like God wanted to use you to resource people in a practical way. Yeah. And so the, the clarity, even for you, I mean, you, how many episodes are we in on this thing? Oh, this is about 330. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which represents how many years? It'll be six years this month that this podcast launched. It's incredible. Yeah. And you've just been, bam, every week. Pretty much every week. Yeah, almost without fail. <laughs> it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a consistent source of fun. And uh, again, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to have the resources available for everybody. But you're right. It, it, it is that labor of love. Right. It's that focus. It's that idea that God is doing something here. And he has called me to this place in this time, in this season to care for and tend this garden, you right. know, to focus on this wall. And I, I love that idea and appreciate that idea because I think, as you mentioned earlier, so many people associate grand vision with, well, that's for a big thing. That's starting a ministry. That's starting a new business. And I don't necessarily have that. But it's so, it's, it's so important that what you're acknowledging is the things that people feel innately in every area of their life. Right. In your marriage, you may feel like, ah, you know, I, I really wish I was better in this and, uh, you know, I just go about my day. But what, but what this is offering is saying is you can make that your wall. Call that out. That feeling that you have to focus on something to make it better, give it that attention that right. is needed. If you name it, like that puts it into focus that gives it that power and that allows you to drive towards it. Yeah. And what what is so clear about even just this illustration of the podcast, yeah. it's like how many things have come at you from, you know, emails to other <laughs> responsibilities to 
things that you've got to get done, but that clarity gives you the ability to wake up even in the difficulty and keep going. Mm. So there are a couple different categories here that I find to be super helpful. One is assignments. Mm -hmm. So like this, in a lot of ways, is an assignment that God gave to you. He put it on your heart, right? It's like, do this thing to help disciple people, help people grow in their faith. The other part of this is desire. Mm. I think for most of us, we're not as in touch with the deepest desires of our hearts. The Bible talks about in Psalm 34, 8, I believe it is, and it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. So that desire, as I'm walking with God, he's going to birth inside of me desires. And um, last week I was, I went up to um, this location between LA and Las Vegas. It's this little ghost town. Uh And it's actually, it is a ghost town that uh, during the kind of the silver rush, apparently there was a silver rush in the 1800s. And during the silver rush, people all went to this town. And then there was a moment where like silver, in essence, the value plummeted and everybody left the town within Mm. like weeks. So, you know, I I was up there with Sammy on um, a motorcycle trip. Not (laughs) <laughs> we didn't drive a motorcycle there, but we went dirt biking. Yeah. And so I just went in these little shops and I'm like asking people about the town and try, really curious. And when I heard about that, I was like, well, everybody, they moved there for silver. Like they went, they wanted silver, silver's gone, they're gone. And it's like this huge ghost town. Like they were chasing the silver. Now the, the, the town is a ghost town. And it made me think about how many like ghost towns there are in our lives that we chase something and then we go on to the next thing. And it may seemingly be in the pursuit of silver or shiny things. But at the end of the day, if we were more in tap or more in touch with the deeper desires of our heart, the less chasing we would do, the less we would jump from one wall to the next. And I think sometimes in our lives, we have like a bunch of half started walls. And especially like in our generation, um, constantly pursuing our passion, passion. What's my passion? What's my passion? What's my passion? And we're like all over the place. Yep. But the more clear we are about, you know, even questions that are deeper, more forward looking, broader questions of life. Mm. Like, who am I becoming? Who? What kind of person do I want to become? Uh, questions about even relationships. What What are the most important relationships in my life? And what do I want those relationships to look like? So those questions, it's a very specific question that Jesus would ask people often. What do you want? Like, what do you really want deep within your soul? Mm. So that leads to a level of clarity. The other aspect that I would add, so I've got assignments, desires, and seasons is the third one, that in life, life goes through seasons, and there are different walls that you're building during different seasons. So for example, Stacy right now is a teaching pastor at Saddleback. Yeah. She's, you know, using those gifts. But when our kids were, you know, seven, five, and one, she wasn't. She was doing homeschool. Yeah. And she was in a season. And her wall was homeschooling during that time. Yeah. Now her wall is different as the kids are older. She's working at the church. So knowing in every season that wall might shift and to ask the question, like, what's the wall or what's the thing that needs to be built right now? that is going to be gone in the next season Mm. to be able to lean into that, to know, okay, there's something that God has for me right now that he wants me to be building. So what wall am I building is the first question. Yeah. And a big part of, of that, like for in Stacy's case, having to shift 
what her wall was, a big part of trying to discern that comes from talking with God about it, being an open dialogue with him in prayer mm-hmm. and just spending time talking with him about it, but then also seeking the advice of other people that you trust and talking through these ideas and saying, I feel like God may be calling me to focus in on this mm-hmm. and look for that affirmation or, or, or look for other people who, um, you know, who will walk with you in prayer about yeah. it. Yeah. Because uh, oftentimes God can use other people and say, hey, I, I, I'm getting, I don't know if that's, or or say, yes, I, I sense that in you and get that affirmation. Yeah. So being able to seek wise counsel in that and, and, and spend that time focus with God on, is this the wall that you want me to be mm-hmm. focused on right now? Those are kind of some practical tips as you are stepping into answering that question, you know, answering that first question of what wall am I building? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think one more thing I'd, I want to say on this before we move on to the yeah. next question is to not, um, for the majority of people that are not naturally like, oh, I'm going to start a company or begin <laughs> sure. this global ministry. If you don't consider yourself entrepreneurial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to just not feel like, oh, well, be- just because my dream is for the kind of family I'm creating or my dream is to do a good job at work or, mm. you know, my dream is to do this thing at the church, like to not diminish what is seemingly ordinary or small, mm. like is super important to feel like, Oh, I, my, even though my dream is not maybe not known by as many people doesn't mean it's insignificant to God. Mm. And they're all, all of those dreams are a part of the body that God is building the kingdom that God is building to know that your unique assignment and role, just because it's not as noticed, doesn't, it's like the body, right? You know, when the, uh, Paul talks about the body, like some parts are more significant. My, my ears are big. They're more significant, but I mean, they're more noticeable, (laughs) prominent, but they're not more significant than my heart. You'll never see heart or head, uh, brain, but they're, but they're doing a lot yeah. of the work under. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Okay, so the first question to be asking yourself um, is, what wall am I building? Try to clarify that. What 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 does God call me to focus on here? Yes. So what is the second question? The second one is, why am I building it? Mm-hmm. And you know, Nehemiah res- like persists in this whole equation of, I can't come down. I can't come down. I can't come down. And you see him every time he's praying through these lies that keep coming at him from Sanbella and Tobiah. And in the process, he's coming back to God who gave him that vision. Well, for the Israelites and for Nehemiah, even in chapter one and chapter two, you see this weeping and this brokenness over the city. The walls represented around the city of God, represented the strength of the people of God, represented the worship in that city. And as those were torn down, it was symbolic of the nature spiritually of the city of Jerusalem. So there was a very clear, compelling why for him to rebuild the walls. Now, in his whole thinking, actually one of the big beauties or even the the prophetic nature of the book of Nehemiah was at the end of the book, you get to the end of the book and they're all sinning and Nehemiah's plucking out people's beards. And it's kind of an interesting story in the Bible. And really what they were hoping was that the wall would save them. But in the end, it's like there's actually another savior that's coming yeah. that, that is going to rebuild a wall, but it's not, it's not a physical wall. It's a, it's a, 
you know, it's a bridge between us and God. He's tearing down walls. Yeah. He's building bridges so that we can get restored to God. So the Savior that would come is Jesus. All of that's pointing towards Jesus. But for Nehemiah, part of his ability to stay focused was in his mind. He understood that wall was representative of the spiritual condition of the people of Israel. Mm. So the more clear my why, a bigger reason or a clearer reason um, leads to a greater resolve. So I, I just believe this to be so true. Whenever we start with something that God asks us to do, the more in touch we are with the reason why God's asking us to do it, the, the vision behind it, it allows us to persevere through our dreams. Mm. I think, yeah, having that question, as you've identified the what, mm-hmm. which is, as we said, great starting place. <laughs> Asking yourself then the why, that's going to start to drive you into not just to greater clarity, but greater ownership of it. It's right. it's building that conviction behind what it is that you're doing. And then when, if other people came and started you know, asking you questions about it, or if you started to have, you know, um, self-doubt right. or starting to have um, anxiety around these, around that wall that you are building in your life, having, having being able to ask yourself, wait, I understand the why. Like, right. I have that conviction. I feel like I, I've worked through this. And it can take work to start to ask yourself and to really get that clarified for you, the, the why you are doing it. Mm-hmm. What, what is it about this wall that is driving you to, you know, to focus in on it, right? For in the example that you gave earlier about Stacy uh, focusing on homeschooling her kids, right? There was a why behind that, that decision. Right. And so if other people ask the question of like, hey, why are you homeschooling? Like, like you, do all you know, learn. public school's free yeah. and you get a lot more free time, right? But for her, there was a why right. that you both worked out. And, and I think that's an important point too, is oftentimes your why is worked out with your spouse or with friend, you know, it, it, to help you to, to solidify that why. Mm-hmm. But it's that conviction behind it. Like, no, I'm, I feel like this is what God is calling me to in this season mm-hmm. because it gives me more focused time with my kids in this sense. It, it, it allows me to impart um, the wisdom that God has imbued in my life into their education. You know, all these different, you know, check boxes for right. why Stacy may have had that decision. I just think that example is pertinent because that's something that we're going through in our house right now. Yeah. We're starting homeschooling next year with our kids. Um, so it's, it spoke to me, <laughs> this example. Um, but having that why, like that's such a vital part. Don't miss that part in right. these questions. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would add to that, Jason, that I think is super important is the ways, the ways of God often fly in the face of yeah. the world's value system. So when it comes to the fruit of the spirit, you know, the, the scripture says in Galatians chapter six, that there's against the fruit, there's no law, yeah. which means really in every culture, love, joy, peace, patience, you know, the fruit of the spirit is a very, they're desirable character traits to embody. Mm. And, uh, and even in God's law, there's no law against all of those, uh, against the, the fruit that comes from a life in God. But at the same time, the pathway to becoming a, f- a person of the fruit of the spirit involves a tremendous amount of pain, suffering, resistance. And when you look around, oftentimes, in life, the path of least resistance that you see people living out. You see, you know, for example, thinking of singles that might be listening to this. 
And you're like, well, the wall that I want to build is my purity sexually before God. Mm. And that means what I do on a device when nobody is looking. That means the relationships that I would choose if you're a single person to say, I'm going to choose relationships that help me to honor and please God. Well, if I look at that through the lens of the wall that I'm building is number one, my own character and Mm. sexual purity. But number two, the wall that I'm building is my future marriage. And number two, the wall that I'm building is my future relationships with my kids. Or number three, I should say. And to be able to have that kind of clarity to know, oh, you're gonna the, your choices right now for somebody who's single is radically impacting the kind of person that would want to marry you. Like the kind of person that you want to marry, would they want to marry you? And so to be able to bring back to what I do on a Friday night or what a single person does on a Friday night with the bigger vision of the kind of marriage they're going to have in the future, there's so much clarifying like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is why I think about this with my kids, Mm -hmm. like the choices, like this role that God's placed me in. I mean, one of the big, it's not necessarily a surprise, but it's overwhelming how much there is to do Mm -hmm. in my role how many people there are that would want to meet and have conversations. Sure. And it's not that I want to back out of the difficulty or the hard work here, mm. but there are also boundaries. Like, you know, I've made choices. I, I don't want to be out more than two nights a week yeah. during the season. Um, I want to be present with my kids at their activities and invest in them. I want to take Stacy on a date night twice a month on a date night, twice a month on a date day. Yeah. And these, these choices there are moments where it's like, oh, well, I could, it's difficult to do it. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I, I've got these other things going. I want to, I want to work on this, but to come back to why, like what, when I think into the future, what, what kind of relationship do I want to have with my kids? Uh, do I want my daughter when she's getting married, you know, you see some daughters dancing with their dad, dad, the daddy daughter dance, like you can't fake that when you're an adult like that, either that, that relationship is present or it's not. So trying to forecast into the future, but then allowing like even I have clarifying images in my mind, like what kind of marriage am I going to have when I'm 75 years old? Mm -hmm. You know, Lord willing, God gives me the, you know, grants me the grace to live that long and Stacy, the grace to live that long. And we've been married 54 years at that point. Um, what, what will it be like in the room? So my apology today when I'm harsh or my choice to prioritize her when I I'm tired, like all of that is connecting to that bigger why Mm -hmm. and forecasting. Another example of this for me is just taking care of my body physically, like Mm -hmm. being what kind of health do I want to have to be able to do the job that God's asked me to do. If I'm if I'm stronger, if I have more energy, I can do the role with more vigor. So that those images, that connecting it back to the why, when I'm like, oh, I want to put this food in my mouth, or I want to skip the gym today. or yeah. So it's coming back, that bigger why drives the ability to, to push through the resistance. Yeah, I think a big, a big part of that are the values that you've set in your family or for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think if you, if, if you've never done this exercise, I, I'd encourage you. Our family did this last year, two years ago, where we named out about eight 
values. Like these are the things that we want to value as a family. And it's a great exercise for you to do. We have our staff values as a church. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that could become distractions, you can filter those through your values. And and because your values are always tied to your dream too, to to the wall that you're building in this case. And so it it does act as this filter. Yeah, like, hey, that doesn't seem to really fit with our values, which are pointing us towards building our wall, this dream. So maybe that's something that we can say no to in this season. So maybe a good exercise. That's really good. Family values and personal values too. Um, So we've talked about two of the three questions so far. We've talked about what is, uh, what wall am I building? And we've talked about why am I building it? So you said there were three questions. What is the third one? Yeah, the third one is who am I building it for? And what I mean by this is like ultimately every assignment is for a person at the end of the day. And it could be for lots of people or it could be for one person. It could be for someone. But the who is ultimately is the driving question for me. Now I'll start at the top. Yeah. And I think about this verse with Paul in Galatians chapter six, verse uh, chapter one, verse 10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Hmm. And the image that Paul gives is like the difference between serving God or trying to please God or trying to please people. And you can't you can't live for both. You've yeah. you got to make a choice. And he's saying, I'm choosing to please God over pleasing people. And that that driving question of at the end of the day, am I living unto God to bring glory to him, to bring pleasure to him, to do things in a way is my obedience driven by desire of gratitude to honor the one who gave his life, not out of earning his favor, not out of earning salvation, but out of love for who he is and what he's done. Uh, That makes it so much easier to endure difficulty. Mm. I remember, um, one time, Stacey and I were going through a really, really tough time at home with yeah. just challenge, family challenges and lots of therapy. And I was sitting with one of my friends, and he he just said, it, sometimes it's surprising to me, like I, I'm around you, and I, you, like even listen, he was on our staff. He's like, you don't, you don't seem like, even when you're preaching, I can't even tell that you're going through this difficulty. And, mm. and the first thought was like, well, I'm not, I'm not living in sin. Like I, you know, I'm... Yeah. It's not like my difficulty is because I'm living in sin. The difficulty is I'm trying to do what God wants me to do. Mm. And I'm living in a fallen world with a fallen body, with other fallen humans yeah. around me. And it's hard. But at the end of the day, what that image for me that I will stand before God and I'll give an account for my life. And I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. That image for me helps me when it's hard to know like that that is a visceral moment that will come mm-hmm. and um to the be- at the beginning and the end of the day to say like am i am i living am i doing this for god am i doing ministry for god am i doing family for god am i doing and that helps me a ton it helps mm-hmm. it just clarifies when life is difficult to, and to remember you know the one if, if the father would send his son and allow his son to be brutally murdered on a cross yeah. and that was the path to the empty tomb, how, who am I to think 
that I could just skip difficulty and hardship in this world, in this fallen world. Mm. And to know that that, that is the path to Christ-like character. That's the path to more fruitfulness and ministry. But at the end of the day, it's for God. The other thing that I would say helps me mm-hmm. with this is when it comes to distress. So the voice, I said this in the message, the voice or the lies that you experience in difficulty um, sometimes is a doubt to try to get us to doubt mm-hmm. the dream, to doubt God's goodness, to doubt, am I enough? Yep. Discourage us like, oh, what I'm building is not going to sustain. It's not enough. It's not good enough. It won't work. Da, 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 da. And then the third um, one is to be distracted. Mm-hmm. So it's to do the lesser thing, not the most important thing. One image for me I have in mind um, this image, and I can't remember if I've said it in a sermon, so forgive me if, <laughs> if you've heard this before. But I, when we were coming here, there was a moment where one of our campuses was doing this event on a Sunday night and I had committed to it. And it just so happened that my son was in the final mm. for football. And it was like the final, and it was like right at the exact same okay. time. And I had to make a choice. Like either I, I, so I sent this campus pastor an email and I was like, okay, here's the deal. My son is in the championship. I know that you've got this event. Here's some options. One, I'll record a video. I'll give it to you in advance. I want to, Keep my commitment. Two is you can move the time of the event. Um, or three, I could show up late to the event. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I'm not going to miss my son's football yeah. game. And so in that instance, I, had, I, I knew I disappointed that campus yeah. pastor. I just I knew. <laughs> it, I, I mean, we're, we're great. It, wasn't, it didn't hurt our <laughs> relationship, but I disappointed him. Yeah. But I, what helped me was to imagine my son's face to look in the stands and say, Oh, my dad's not here. Yeah. I got this game and my dad's not here. So that putting two faces next to each other, when I'm looking at the wall to say, there's this face and this face, which face do I want to see the smile on? Do I want to see the smile on this face or this face? And ultimately that image of putting every yes is a no, every no is a yes. And the more clear I am about who I'm doing it for. So I want to love God first. I want to love my wife and second and my kids third. And then to know that I'm not going to be able to meet everybody's needs, but I can do, can always do what God's asking me to do. There's all, there's all, it's always possible through the power of the Holy Spirit to obey what it is. And we're fallen and it's (laughs) not going to happen this side of eternity. And there's grace. But there is opportunity at any given moment to stay on the wall of what God's asked me to do. Well, it reminds me a lot of the better priorities Mm -hmm. from the better series. That's probably where it was. I I probably said it in there. You you may have. uh, The story isn't isn't coming back to me itself, but just that idea of of knowing that there are going to be difficult choices that you have to make as you are answering these questions, as you are building your wall, right? That's the whole point of this conversation is talking about the questions that you ask yourself to persevere through difficulties. And a big part of that is learning how to make these better priorities. And so if you've done the work in advance to set your priorities, then the difficult things that come your way are a little bit easier to say, well, I've already set, this is my better priority. So I, I, I know that this part then needs to change. Yep. Yeah. 
It's so, so good. A big part of that is doing that work a little bit in advance. Yeah. I think that helps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like when you're in the gym, right? It's like you're in the gym and you know, I'm lifting weights and it's going to be hard. It's like, you, you know, it's not <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm here. I, why? Why are the, 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 the weights so heavy? You know, it's like. I'm having a visceral reaction to the first day in the gym when I started working out with my friend Doug here and I tried to drive home and I could not move my arm. (laughs) I was like, this is going to be, how am I going to drive home? I cannot lift my arms. So a visceral reaction (laughs) to that. I know, right? At that point I needed the Tesla to say, drive me home. This is not happening under my home power. (laughs) Thankfully things have changed a little bit since then, but I, but it does take that starting place in, in spending that time earlier and maybe hard early on. It may take a lot of work to set your priorities, to sit down with your spouse, to sit down with your kids as a family and make it a family thing yeah. to set, set your family priorities. What imagine how powerful that is for your kids to hear that they place they are, are the highest of priorities, you know, God family right. and that they know that their dad will say no or make adjustments to other things because he cares so much about his relationship with you, you know, with their kids. Yeah. Like, and then that's just going to trickle down into how they treat their kids yeah. and how they treat their kids. Yeah. And I think one thing about this too, Jason, that's hard is that sometimes the things that lead to the most immediate reward or results mm. um, are not always the best choice long-term. Sure. And so even like with that instance of the football game, yeah. like my, my son has no clue. Like he, you know, he, he will later. Yeah. And maybe one day he'll listen to the doable discipleship <laughs> there podcast, <you> go. <laughs> but he doesn't know. And at the end of the day, the compound effect of those, some of these things are happening in conversation, but then there's some of it that is just, yeah. there's the compound totally. effect of doing the right thing. Yeah you know, over the long haul that God blesses. Yeah. You know, I, I, speaking as somebody whose dad was made himself always present at Mm. sports games, even if that meant going to work at like four in the morning so he could be back in time because he worked in LA to be back in time for practices or games or whatever it was. Like I can attest to, I can put myself in your son's shoes to say that there is so much value in that. And now I know that that's something I want to do with my kids. Always be there to be able to root them on. Even if that means adjusting other things around you. What sports did you play? Oh, that was uh, mainly soccer, little baseball, very little basketball, but it was mainly soccer growing up. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Not football, not coordinated or, you know, don't have the height for that, but, <laughs> but Cayman does. Yes. <laughs> um, so, um, Andy, so anything else around this, uh, topic as, as we're putting a bow on this, uh, conversation that you want to share with people about how to persevere through, um, sticking with your dream? Well, the, I think the main thing I'm really hopeful out of the message and this little part, you know, this additional podcast here is to bring to the surface, we, we live in a day right now when it comes to difficulty where we constantly try to avoid the hard thing. Like culture is delivering a message, it should be easier. Yeah. I can take my kids to get them dinner and we can go to an outdoor food space and everybody can say, well, I want this and I want that and then we can go back and forth, they can get their food. 
10 minutes, everybody gets exactly what they want. Uh, we live in a culture where everything is constantly on demand. So yeah. we don't, we don't have to work as much for what we're getting. We, th there's so many steps because of technology, even now with AI and chat GPT, yeah. like I, I can ask questions that I don't even have to think for. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's happening is the, the resistance in a lot of ways has gone down. Like we're trying to create ways to remove, 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 remove resistance. And what I would just say is if there's no resistance in my life, um, chances are I'm not moving in the right direction. Mm. And just to be mindful, if I'm, if I'm removing certain resistances, like a Steve Jobs that chooses the same shirt every day, <laughs> to, not, to not remove difficulty for the sake of making my life easier, yeah. but to make space for me to do the things that God wants me to do. But when I do the things that God wants me to do, I should always expect resistance. I should always expect it to be hard. And if I, if I just live th there, the problem for so many people is they try to go around difficulty rather than going through difficulty. Yeah. So we just get to repeat the same trials over and over and over and over and over again without fully capturing the development and the ability to leverage that difficulty for, for more fruitfulness and ministry and life. And I, I think that the encouragement is just difficulty is a part of the journey of doing what God asks us to do, pursuing his dreams, following Jesus, living a godly life, expect it, and then allow God to leverage it to shape something beautiful inside of you, inside of us. I love that. And where, so for, if you're listening right now, if you've never listened to Doable Discipleship before, let me give you just a little sense because we've been in a series right now talking about emotional health and a lot of the conversations we've been having are dealing with the difficult seasons in our life. So last week's episode was on the dual reality of living as a, a sinner and a saint. And then next week's episode is actually going to be on the wall, on, on the spiritual dark night of the soul that we often face. Cool. So, so make sure to check out those two episodes as well. They'll speak to this idea of enduring hardship and difficulty, which in a few weeks we'll have another episode on called enduring hardship. So check, <laughs> check that out too. Uh, for Andy, thank you so much for your, your time. Thank you for this series on created to dream. And, um, friends, if you are listening, I, I hope that you've heard some of those takeaways that we had for you in, in, in asking these questions, these three questions, what wall are you building? Why are you building it? And who are you building it for? Those are powerful questions to be asking yourself as you are walking through this series and wrestling with this idea that you were created to dream. So friends, we love you. And uh, we'll be back with a new episode of Doable Discipleship on Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events 
Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.